Well, no, you came on here to talk. That's why you're here. It's, it's called and Conversations I, with the Family. Yeah. It's, it's with the Family. Conversations. That means it goes going. back and forth. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. I've already, like, I've already said, well, laid out I've already one. talked more than I typically would talk on a Wednesday. Yeah. And then there's two of you and one of me, so you guys really need to. <laughs> I think one of the points that you said was the, the definition of love, right? And so what does the Bible declare that love is? Sure. It says that God is love, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is the, the, the basis of it. So it, it's being saturated with who he is. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that's the only way that we can actually give out and dish out love to, to anyone else. Anything besides that is, could we dare say that is not really love at all? Well, okay, so one of the things that you, you touched on when, when you started to talk was you talked about how in the Bible the word knowing, you know, when Jesus talked about uh, knowing you, um, uh, the word know in the Hebrew uh, actually has... Uh, uh, connotations that uh, are related to the intimacy between right. a husband yeah, yeah. and a wife. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 that d degree of intimacy. Right. And and so when when Jesus talks about uh, depart from me, you who work iniquity, I, I never knew, knew you, you. Was there was never this this moment, you know, this this intimacy. And and these were the ones that were saying, yeah, but we did. We, we did these things in your name. We, mm -hmm. we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We, yes, did. We, mm. we, 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 we were doing some authoritative things using your name. And his response was, I, I don't know who you are. Yeah. I never knew who you were. And so, you know, that's that, that intimacy part that I think for years has been overlooked yeah. in, in, in the body of Christ uh, and and I know that's been something that you know within within this family here, uh, we've really emphasized you know the the whole secret place and mm -hmm. and, and and that alone time with God and, and really you know uh, you know leaned heavily into the the intimacy with God. I will say this, um, you know that's that's necessary, that's needed, mm -hmm. but but you know that's that's not exclusive. We don't, we just don't stop sure. with that intimacy. There's, you know, there's the intimacy with God, but then from there it's, you know, there's also responsibilities and there's tasks yeah. and there's, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, commandments that are placed on us. There's expectations that are placed on us within the kingdom. Yes, sir. It's not just, you know, being a citizen of kingdom and, and, and being mm. intimately aware of and right. intimately knowing the king. And yes, it's, it's also executing, you know, the king's desires and, 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 you know, his expectations. And so, um, so the, getting back to the original thought though, mm -hmm. is, is, is the manifestation of the kingdom of God predicated on us actually living out every word that Jesus taught about the kingdom in the Bible. So one of the things, what I wrote down was, Again, I'm going to go back to your, your main point or your main question, but you touched on the, the knowing, the intimacy part. And mm -hmm. so the thought that came to mind was, <clears throat> excuse me, what does intimacy produce? Intimacy produces union, right? Mm -hmm. And so this at least goes to a different conversation that we had about there being 
union in the Old Testament with the the Tower of Babel, right? And so mm. basically, and that they were able to, he said that they came down and mixed up the languages because they would be able to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I see that as a point of the whole manifest, uh, what if manifesting the kingdom uh, preach meant living out exactly, right? We would be in union with him, right? And be in union with each other to be able to manifest okay what he what he preached yeah so and living that out yeah which is that's a real interesting uh i think that was something that we had talked about i think on a was it on a tuesday in here uh, i don't remember yeah. when we had that cause it I was I, it was offline yeah I, was gonna say, <laughs> I don't remember i don't i don't re- i know it was something i've talked yeah. with a couple different people about uh you know the the how the the genesis 11 the tower of babel sure. and the acts chapter 2 mm-hmm. baptism and the holy spirit how you can those two those two uh, stories could actually be married together. Like, like I, I, it's not that I'm smart enough and I figured out a way to do it, but it's like, you know, you can, we, we were, you know, I could see how those two would be, how they would go together. Oh, yeah. You know, with, with, um, so yeah, that could, so. But I'm thinking so, about the manifesting part, right? right? So, doing that. Right, so the manifesting thing is when, when I, because I, now I think I have shared this with, with, with people that, um, and I think I've shared it publicly in here as well, that, uh, concerning the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, for years, hmm. you know, we kind of grew up thinking the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was really just to kind of supercharge your life and make you right. preach better, sing better, <laughs> yeah. and witness better, and and those things happen. You know, they happen. That's part of it mm-hmm. for sure. But I think one of the missing elements that I, I don't I don't ever remember hearing anybody really teach on or even talk about or even reference is the Holy Spirit uh, when when the Holy Spirit came on the believers that. Okay, let me just. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna talk. All right, here's the conversation. I'm gonna throw it out there. You guys, give me your impression. <laughs> all right, people get saved. They get born again into the kingdom of God. There's a baptism that follows it, right? Mm-hmm. What's the baptism? It's the baptism of water. Okay, right. We're in agreement there. Yeah. They get people got born again. Yeah. We'll just go with Acts chapter two. The upper room experience. They come out. Peter stands up, preaches a message. They confess Christ, they, they, they make this profession that he is the Lord, and immediately they start baptizing them in water, right? So they start baptizing him, and then so after that, then comes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm not saying that water baptism has to come first before baptism sure. of the Holy Spirit, it's, but there's the baptism. One of the things that, that I think we need to recover and reclaim is water baptism. Because water baptism was a big deal in in first century church, it was a big deal, um, and I don't know that we make it as big a deal in in our culture, in in, in institutionalized Christianity as we should. And I think that's something that needs to be reclaimed. But follow me on this. What's the, let me ask you guys? You know, you guys have been in church a long time. You went to Bible college. You went to Bible college. You Bible college guys. What's the purpose of water baptism? Why do we water baptize? Uh, Jesus would say to <clears throat> to fulfill our righteousness. I think that's I don't know, somewhere like all through the Gospels he talked about. You know, we get baptized to fulfill our righteousness. Um, Paul says in Romans, <clears throat> I think it's like the sixth chapter, where he talks about um, to come into alignment with what Christ does. Okay. So it's an outward confession. It's an outward confession of something that's that's happened inwardly. Okay. Uh, and so he talked about. I think it's like I think it's like Romans six. I believe it is. But um, he talks about. Uh, so, Scripture really strongly based upon New Testament basis of of of, of uh, 
uh, of, of being baptized. But it's really, yeah, from my opinion, no, no, it's I, just more so just like identifying with it, Christ. It, is, it's yeah. the let, it's, 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 it's for, a, I've heard it, you know, and I think I've even taught it this yeah. way. It's that it's, you're, you're, you're born again. Sure. And the, the purpose of water baptism is to, uh, not, not that it needs to seal that in you sure. because it's, you know, that's there, but it, it kind of, I think in a, in a, uh, it could be a supernatural sense, but even like, you know, just the, uh, you know, the, the mental imagery that comes yeah, with, yeah. you know, kind of experiencing death, burial and resurrection sure. mm-hmm. with, with, with going into the water and coming yeah. out of the water and that born again, that coming alive, that mm. coming up out of the watery grave. It's yeah. that it's the ready, the experience, yeah. you know, you're experiencing yeah. that. And so it's a very experiential part yeah. of, you know, <laughs> of, of our faith is, mm-hmm. is having water baptism. And it, yeah. and it kind of, it kind of really makes that, it's not just a, a, a loose commitment that you've made. It's just yeah. like, this is, I've given my life to this so much so that I'm willing to follow Christ in death, burial, mm. and resurrection. Yeah. And so it's very symbolic, but mm. I think it's more than just sy- symbolism. I think there's some spiritual Absolutely. aspects yeah. to Absolutely. it as well, but, Absolutely. but you know, it's the, it's kind of the seal the deal type thing Absolutely. for people. At least it, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you're not going to quickly back out of that. It's yeah. like, I, I follow through. So then you have this upper room experience mm-hmm. where the believers are in one mind and one accord which I've never considered this before, mm-hmm. but they were in one mind and one accord subsequent to the Holy Spirit coming. Yeah, yeah. And that just blows my mind yeah. that mm-hmm. you got 120 people in the same room mm-hmm. thinking it's the same difficult. thing. <laughs> yeah. One mind, one accord in perfect unity. And when that perfect unity was there, then comes this oh. baptism mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, which ready seals them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this place of unity that they were in yeah it's like a i like that it's like he's going to seal you now into Mm -hmm. this and so and so it's the it's the we're we're all part of the same body Mm -hmm. but there's just this degree of unity that we're all functioning in Mm. within that body i mean it's it's where we may be different parts but we're one body but then what happened after that right they began manifesting there were the manifestations that started happening yeah, right after that. Right, yeah, the the kingdom of God became, you know, quite apparent uh, uh, mm-hmm. to people. And so so the, the, the thought is behind the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis chapter 11 was, you know, when they were all saying the same thing, when they were speaking the same language, they were their, their idea was we're going to make our name great, we're going to build a tower to the heavens. Yeah. And God came down and said, wait a second, they're all speaking the same language and whatever they do, put their minds to do and whatever they say they're going to do, they will accomplish it. Yeah. Nothing will be, be withheld from, nothing will be held with, from a people that can speak the same language. Yeah. I love it. So he comes down and separates and divides their languages. Mm-hmm. But then in Acts chapter two, what happens? You have Galileans speaking the language of yes, sir. these other people that are not Galileans. Mm-hmm. How do they know my language? It's like God reversed Mm-hmm. the whole Tower of Babel narrative. Yes, sir. And so now it's like, if he reversed the Tower of Babel narrative, then he's reversing the, whatever these people, when, if they put their mind, if they start speaking the same mm. language, nothing can be withheld from them. Mm. Which means lame people can walk. It means cancer can be healed. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. COVID-19 can be healed. Absolutely. Right? Yes, sir. So, 
just a just a kind of an interesting thought there. Yeah, that I you, think that goes rightly. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, that was it. I was it. Uh, yeah, I think that that flows right into you know this this question and thought that you had of living it out exactly how you said it. Yeah. Because I just see, I mean, as you talk about the story, I see the union, right? That they were all one mind, one accord, that they were in union, they they were sealed, and then they went out and the invisible became visible, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 the manifestations. manifestations. Yeah. So I guess my thought is this. Um, in the world that we live in, the culture that we live in, do you guys see uh, overwhelming uh, evidence that as a as a as a as a nation under God that we live out the kingdom mandate and the kingdom principles that Jesus outlines for us in the New Testament? Do, do you see overwhelming evidence of that happening in in Christendom in Institutionalized American churchianity, as Mike Dorsey would refer to. <laughs> um, first of all, I would say that's not trying to be judgmental. No, yeah, you. yeah. I, I would say just from, from actually, you know what? No, I am being judgmental. I'm going to yeah. judge. I mean, I'm even, to. yeah, even even from my even from my <laughs> perception, um, uh, it's hard. It's really hard to give an answer to that. Um, I don't know every church in America, so I don't know what the American church looks like. Um, but it's just, um, I would say, from the churches that I've experienced. And I feel like most churches and places that I've been to, we all live in silos. So unfortunately, we all, we all have some sort of limited view um, in, in terms of that. And so um, from what I've experienced is most, unfortunately, most Christians don't read their Bibles as, as much as they probably should. And the reason why they probably don't read their Bibles as much is because they don't, probably don't know how to read uh, their Bibles um, or even have motivation or have an understanding about how to go through their Bibles. They don't understand it or... Uh, just so many different variables to why, about why. So if you don't, if you haven't spent time in His Word, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to demonstrate His Word or even know what what, what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Okay. Um, and so, but you, I mean, to say that there's there's supernatural healings, there's there are multiple. There are many churches that are that this is happening uh, in. Um, it's not on CNN or Fox News um, or on your TBN or Word Network, uh, but they are happening. Um, and then. Um, and then there are other churches that are just dying, um, that are very outdated, uh, very strongly t- holding to their traditions, and will not move. Um, and so you have a, a varying group of people. Um, and so it's just, it's, I have a heart for the church. And it's, it's, it's a hard, um, it's, it's a hard real, harsh reality to see um, the church in that state. Um, and so, but I'm not going to keep going, but it's just, like, it's, like I was saying, before, I've mentioned you before, not just in America, but it's globally. Um, it's it's all over the place. Um, we could talk to people across the across yeah. the globe, and we have the same issues. Um, and so, but just going back to your original question, do you see it? And their apps, from my, is very limited. It's not as not as uh, as widespread as it should be. Yeah, and I'm and I'm with you, and I agree. It's 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 the. I think. Listen, if we didn't have a heart for for the church, if we didn't have a heart for God and God's people, um, you know. Uh, I don't know that we could be classified as being within the kingdom of God. So, I mean, yeah, I've, you know, we absolutely, I think the reason I'm motivated to, yeah. to move us in the direction that the Lord's, you know, kind of leading my heart is because, um, you know, my heart breaks for absolutely. the body of Christ yes, because I feel like we're living woefully 
beneath what we're capable of, of living. I, I just see us living woefully beneath the promises. I see us living woefully beneath the power. Yeah. I see us living woefully beneath, you know, what God, you know, accomplished with, with Christ on the earth and with the, the, the apostolic church, the, the, the apostles, the, the acts of the apostles. I just, I see us, you know, living woefully beneath that. And, and, here's, and, here, and here's why I, I think that, uh, Jason, is because when Paul would go to Ephesus or Antioch or to Rome and he would set up shop and he would begin to teach people about the kingdom of God and begin to demonstrate it, those cities were transformed yeah. in, 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 a, in a short period of time. The, the economics of the cities were, were you know, Absolutely. in Ephesus was changed. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I have to be careful here because, you know, it's, it sounds arrogant to say, you know, I want to impact the culture. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like, and that could sound a bit arrogant. Oh, and it's not. It's I think not, most pastors do. Like most yeah. leaders want to. Absolutely. Right? But I mean, I, w- I would hope, but, but I don't know. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. I mean, the body can only move when we're connected. Yes. And so. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing. I keep going back to this whole word silo, which is in the church, is why every, every single piece of the church, but I, and I agree, we should be a part of like a certain, connect to certain churches that we, you know, our heart connects to, whatever yeah. case may be. Yeah. But I mean, man, I pray for the day where like just churches across the counties and across the state would just come together uh, with that one, one accord and one, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I mean, wow, what kind of power right. would the yeah. church if everyone have. was kingdom-minded. If everyone, yes, read well, their Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a start. Kingdom-minded, you know, and, and had this thing of, you know, regardless of all this doctrinal, just we're going to impact the culture. Yeah. Which, which most yeah. of the division that happens, happens around wow. some of our doctrinal differences. And yeah. so I'm saying, yeah. all right, let's just go back to the basics. Sure. Let's just go back to the very right. foundation. Right, right. What is the foundation of the yeah. kingdom? And let's, let's just let's camp out there for a while. Yeah. Which is like, if you if you really, if you think about it, you take a step back and look at where, what I've been talking about for the last few months yeah, here. Yeah. It's doing that very thing. Yes, sir. Not getting so chopped up and divided up on. Yeah. You know, a lot of doctrinal issues, but yeah. to let's just let's just you know reclaim, and this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The foundation has been laid. Christ yeah. laid the foundation. Yes, sir. Paul built on that foundation. Yeah. Yep. Right. I'm not trying to build another foundation. Right. Right. I'm just trying to reclaim a foundation that's already been laid. Yes, sir. The, the problem with the foundation is there's been a, a, a 612 Jewish laws added on top of it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, right. and so, you know, my point is, is that we, religion, mm-hmm. religion has has built a lot of inferior walls and 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 floors and has built a mm-hmm. lot of inferior uh, uh, sections on the foundation. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying. Let's just get back to the basics, man. Yeah. Let's just let's just go back to foundational apostolic teaching. And what was it? What did Jesus talk about? The kingdom of God. So let's let's reclaim and re- and so for me that's really where my heart is. It's about reclaiming what I feel like the church lost somewhere around the fourth century onward. Yeah. And th- and so it's kind of my I think that spiel. I don't think. I know that. Yes, we want to go back and reclaim what the the first century church looked like, but I don't think people really know what 
the first century church looked like. And I see that, that. I, and I use this as an example, right? But that's so, because Jason says they don't read their Bible, so that's why we don't know. <laughs> but we have whole organizations. So, you know, what was stuck out, as you mm-hmm. kept saying, X, the, the, the planting organization that, uh, that we were going to plant with was, uh, I think it was called like X First Church or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was like the, the people that were going to help you, send you and launch you to start planting a church. Mm-hmm. But, and I was going to say no, not to them, but it kind of is because you're basing that as your foundation, right? But how you are going about doing it is not what Acts 1 looks like, right? And so that's why I say I think it goes back to the teaching. And so you have to have people who are uh, teachers and have the gift of teaching to go back and reclaim what was actually taught. And how it actually looked. Yeah, we didn't live back in that time, right? But we do have manuscripts and writings of that nature, right? You have the instruction manual there. And you have the Spirit that we have the same Holy Spirit they have. And we actually have a New Testament that they didn't have. We have that. So really, we don't have any really good excuses to stand on. Nope. But what we do (laughs) is (laughs) we... Unlike Jesus, we are great at making excuses and we're great at letting people give those excuses and live in those excuses. And I'm saying Jesus in the New Testament was was kind of firm with the people that followed him. Uh He was kind of hard on them. And then you fast forward and you jump over into the you know the, the, the time in which we live and you know what our requirements are? I hope you come to church on Sunday and I hope you put some money in the offering plate. And that's if you do that, man, we're right. good. Jesus loves you and I love you and you're going to heaven. Right. I know that seems, you know, kind of cynical and kind of, but look, I've been in this thing for 18 years and I don't just hang out with, with, with people in my church. You know, I'm exposed to other ministries and I talk Absolutely. to other pastors and I, and they don't come out and say it like that, you know, right. but that's really what it comes down to because when you get a bunch of preachers together in one room, they say, how many you running, Doc, and, and what, how's your offerings, Doc, and, and how's it going? That's, and that's what we measure our, our success by. And so we know that's what, you know, that's kind of what's on our mind and on our, you know, and it's like, so Jesus didn't allow his disciples to get away with not exercising faith, not using their faith, not being able to, you know, cast out devils when they were supposed to cast out devils. We mm-hmm. see that on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus and 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 uh, uh, James Peter, James, James, and John mm-hmm. came down, and the the Father and the Son was there, and he said, "How much longer do I got to be with y'all? Like, how much longer am I going to have to be here?" And he was harsh on them. He was kind of hard um, on them. I mean, I mean, I guess in the most loving way, maybe because they knew him, right? Yeah, but let, let me jump in here with that. And I, I'm not talking about he beat up on no, him. No, 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 no. But I'm saying he wasn't like, we're kind of easy. Yeah. <laughs> me but easy like Sunday morning. I'm going to defend them, Peter, James, and John. So, you know, you're walking with this Jesus. I'm walking with you, Pastor Jason, for like three and a half years. We're having coffee, hitting golf shots. We're hanging out. Shoo, I feel the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> then one day, you know, you're like, Jason, come pray with me. And I'm like, all right. And uh, you just kind of just unveil yourself. And this whole light just starts shining from you. And your face is shining like this. I'm going to freak out. Okay. I'm going to freak out. Okay. Because first of all, I've been around you for three and a half, 
for however long, two, three yeah. years, whatever. I've never seen this before. Okay. I hear this voice coming out of the sky, you know, like this whole night. I'm, I'm seeing you unveiled. I don't even see you anymore because it's just light. And I, and I see Moses. I see Elijah. So I see the law and the prophets. I see all these things happening. And then the light condenses. And then you come back and it's like, hey, you still going to lunch with me today? No, I'm not <laughs> going to lunch. What just happened? And so that was Revelation. Here's Revelation. Revelation is just the unveiling of yourself. Revelation of Jesus. He just, he, he, there was for a moment to see if he could handle Revelation. And they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle who he really was. So he had to keep covering himself in flesh. That's all we could handle. So Peter, James, and John, I, I get it. But I, I see myself in, in them <laughs> all the time. And, and Jesus can only give us but so much because we can only handle but so much. Um, and I think that deals with the whole concept of maturity and why pastors is, is, and Pastina are going on this, embarking on maturing the, the church. Um, because the more that we become mature, the more that we can handle, the more God can show us, the more he can trust us with, the more, I feel like, impact we can have. 